Hey, hey, a brand new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast is about to begin. It's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business. If you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire, the mantra is the same. We will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage. This show is all about turning coal into diamonds with the right plan and mindset anything is possible. I'm Jennifer Dawn, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. You are going to absolutely love my guest today. And I have to tell you guys behind the scenes, we were both just like, plotting to help each other. And Roberta's like, Jen, I'll help you with the self-care. And she's like, you help me with the business side. So I think you guys are going to absolutely love this conversation today as we both come together collaboratively as two powerful women helping each other um, in areas that we need help. Now, I have to share a little story. So Roberta and I actually tried to record this podcast a few months ago. I think it was actually back in November. And I, that day, was a total shit show, which, guys, I'm being honest, you know, it happens. It doesn't happen often. I generally feel like I have my act together. But that day, what had happened was I was on a trip with my oldest daughter, Katie, and she could not come on the trip that I'd planned for my family to celebrate my birthday. So for my birthday, as many of you know, we went on a 11-day Caribbean cruise, and it was for my birthday and Christmas and the holidays. And because of her work schedule, she couldn't come on that trip. And so I took her on a mom-daughter trip to Cabo, Mexico for a week. Yes, you guys, I sucked it up and I went to Cabo for a week, poor me, and spent a week with my daughter, which was awesome. And the day that we were supposed to record this podcast, we had gotten to Mexico. We were in the wrong resort. We thought we had booked one resort. It ended up being a different resort. The one that we were in was, let's just say, uh, not up to our quality standards. We were very like, oh my gosh, why are we here? My daughter was like, mom, you have to be kidding me. We're stuck here for a week. The Wi-Fi was terrible. The rooms were terrible. The beds were terrible. We just had like a terrible night's sleep. And of course, I scheduled some podcast interviews that day thinking that was a good idea. And it wasn't a good idea. And unfortunately, technology and the universe, I think, were just like, Jen, you need to just knock it off and and get yourself settled, which we did. We, we switched resorts and it ended up being wonderful. But I remember, Roberta, you kind of telling me that that day you were literally like, maybe you shouldn't be trying to do so much today. And it was like, you're so, so right. So Roberta, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you here for real. I'm excited this episode is really, really happening Would you mind introducing yourself and just telling everybody a little bit about who you are and how you came to do this work that you're doing? Absolutely, Jen. I'm just excited to be here. And I feel like you and I are already old friends. Even, you know, we shared this little experience together of you trying to manage. And I also remember saying to you, I think the universe is telling you to be on vacation, not to try to be working on your vacation. (laughs) And just having that permission to offer ourselves time to rest. So many of us struggle doing that. We do as solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, try to blend it all together. And we think, oh, we can just do it all. So this was your life lesson. This is what happens when you do 
not give yourself permission to be on vacation. So I'm Roberta Hughes. I'm the founder and lead instructor at Peaceful Living. And Peaceful Living is committed to helping people feel better, move better, and have more energy and less pain. And we do that primarily through self-care coaching calls and offering practices like yoga, meditation, Pilates. And this year, I'm going to start offering for my in-person clients pure energy facial meditation, which is a form of reflexology. And I also am getting certified to help soldiers living with and recovering from PTSD. So that's what's on my horizon coming up soon. Oh, that's so amazing. And Roberta, like what led you to do this work? Because even the concept of peaceful living, you just say it and you just feel better. You just, oh, doesn't that sound so beautiful? So how did you come to do this work? I feel like it has been a part of who I am my whole life. I think back to being a little girl growing up in a small town in Arizona. My father is a 30-year army vet. We lived in a military town. My mother is Serbian. She's first generation in the United States. Didn't speak much English when she came here with us when I was five years old. So kindergarten through high school, I had this upbringing that was very nurtured mostly by my mother, and then my father nurtured our brains and our sense of really trying to be ambitious people. I think a man having two daughters really wanted us to be as capable and confident in the world as possible. My mother, on the other hand, she homemade every meal. She put lotion on us after our baths. She just always cared for us and made us feel loved. And I remember moving away from home from my little town, Sierra Vista, three hours away to Tempe, Arizona. That was the first time I moved away from home to go to college. And I felt so lonely. Um, And there was just this missing of that nurturing. So Through the course of time, I don't remember saying to myself, I'm going to learn how to nurture myself, but I started picking up these little practices that did fulfill that need that I took with me and didn't have my mom to fill anymore. Oh, that is so amazing to listen to that because the way I grew up, I can't even remember one single incident of my mother ever nurturing Mm. ever. And nurturing me, nurturing my three sisters. Now, I had three younger sisters. My mother cranked out four daughters in five years. And I became the nurturer, was the one who was often tasked with taking care of my little sisters because my mother was working multiple jobs and, and my father was as well. Um, and my my father was actually sexually abusive. And so mm-hmm. his idea of nurturing was not the kind of nurturing wanted to be around. Um, but, but listening to that, it's so beautiful to me to hear that there are actually parents out there that do love and nurture their children. And what a beautiful example that you had to, to, um, like hold space for what that actually is and what it feels like. And it seems to me like you're kind of that perfect person to be teaching this because you, you've experienced it. You grew up with it. Like you, you understand the benefits of what it is to be loved and truly loved and truly nurtured. 
Mm-hmm. And to experience the missing of it, right? I think for somebody like you who has never had it, you've always gone without. So it might even be a foreign concept. Like, what is this self-care all about? Like, what would being nurtured actually feel like for my heart, for my body, for my brain? Um, I don't know how much time you've invested in practicing that for yourself from your upbringing until now, but I imagine just like I really have to strengthen my business muscle, (laughs) you may need to spend that much effort strengthening your self-care muscle. Absolutely. Because like you said, it's a little bit of a foreign thing to me. And now that I'm hearing you, it's like, oh, well, and and you guys all know I have a very strong, like, don't beat yourself up policy. And with all of our clients, we're always coaching them on don't beat yourself up. And it's easy to beat ourselves up and think, oh, well, you know, I should be doing a better job of this. But the truth of the matter is that sometimes you guys, and I'm sure you can all relate that We don't always know what something should feel like if we've not experienced it. And you make such a great point of like, well, hey, maybe the muscle needs to be strengthened in this area. And you're absolutely right, because it's not something I've really experienced. It's not something I grew up with. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can like take myself to the spa and spend the whole day there like any, you know, any good girl, but as a as a daily habit that we engage in, I'll be honest, it is I I will go the extra mile to serve my clients like all day long, like go, go, go. But then when it comes time to be like, okay, Jen, now go take care of you. Sometimes I'm just like, well, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure there's there's other I know I know my clients struggle this with this as well as like, well, what what do I really do to take care of myself? So I would love, Roberta, for you to just share when we talk about this nurturing, we talk about this self-care, like what what are some of the practices that we're really talking about here? First, I just want to acknowledge you for taking that time to go to the spa because some people won't even do that because they don't want to make the investment of time or money. But because you have made that investment, you do now know what nurturing feels like. You know that place inside of you that when you're nurtured and nourished, how that feels. So having the experience of understanding, okay, this is the feeling. But now the next step would be, how can I bring that feeling into my day-to-day life? So it doesn't feel like I'm either at work or I have to carve out time to go to the spa. There's so much that you can do in between. One tool that works really well for many of my coaching clients, I call them Zen breaks. And these are meditations that are two to five minutes long. You can pop them up on your screen between your Zoom calls, push play, and just take a few moments to listen, take the guidance, and transition to the next thing. I have one client who uses this at the end of her day because she works at home like many of us do. And she really wanted an opportunity to say, I'm complete with work because it was bleeding into her home life after her work hours ended. So now she does this little candlelight meditation, puts herself in a place of I'm leaving work and then walks into her kitchen and starts the next thing with her husband and enjoying her time with him cooking and having their evening ritual together. So... I love that. So that's really, really beautiful, a beautiful practice. Yeah. So in addition to that, um, there are longer guided meditations. I have one client who is 
definitely a type A person. Her energy is always up. And that's just who she is. And she thrives in that space. It's not wearing down her energy. But at night, she has a hard time letting that energy settle so that she can sleep. So she listens to my longer guided meditation. And she's like, I think I may be here the first five minutes and then I'm gone, which is good because her brain is now learning, okay, it's time to rest. So creating things that um, trigger the brain to know this is work and this is rest. That's the number one thing that you can do. Oh, these are so great. And I love Zen breaks. And you guys, this comes at such a great time for me because this is one of the things I'm working on is that in my coaching practice, I will often go from, you know, appointment to appointment to appointment. So I'm going to meet with a client, a client, um, then I'm going to have our team meeting, and then I'm going to do a group coaching call, then another client. And often the way I schedule these things is back to back. And I love being in the space. And so for me to go from person, 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 like I can, I can totally do it and I love it, but I'm finding that like by the end of the day, I'm really tired. I'm really drained. And then I don't have energy in the personal life to be like, oh yeah, I feel great about having to cook dinner now or vacuum or whatever, because it's just like, I'm too tired because all that energy and all that love and all that attention, you know, went into everything and everybody else for the day. And so when you say a Zen break, I think, oh gosh, that's a brilliant idea. But the way my schedule is set up right now, it would not permit for that. And I share this with you guys because some of you may also have set yourself up in your schedules this way of where you're just back to back to back. And over the weekend, I was thinking what I need to do for an hour long coaching call, I need to take it from 60 minutes to 50 So that way, now I've got a 10 minute buffer and I can actually pee, (laughs) uh, breathe, stretch. I like to ground myself before my coaching calls, you know, take a couple minutes to get grounded. And if you have a little bit of a buffer there, now you can do a Zen break. Now you can breathe, do a little transitional meditation. You can stretch. That's another thing is like, sometimes I'll be in the chair for hours and it's like, we need to stretch. We need to move our bodies because I'm feeling that sitting for so many hours. So I'm just sharing this with you guys, because this is something I'm doing right now. And if you're my client and you're listening, you know, it's coming soon. I'm going to be like, guys, we're going from 60 to 50 minutes. And on a 30 minute call, I'm going to go to a 25 minute call. And it just means we're going to be a little bit more efficient in our time used together, maybe a little less chit chat and a little more like, hey, let's get to it. But scheduling yourself so that you have that time to take a Zen break, I think is really, really key to being able to kind of integrate these practices in your day to day. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And what you just described, Jen, I call carving out white space in your calendar. So if you look at your calendar and there's no white space from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or however long your work hours are, you do need those human moments. You know, you need to use the restroom. You need to walk around. You need to reset and refocus. Um, Even if it just means going to make a cup of tea or something that you really enjoy and having the time to do that so you're not racing, that racing energy will get carried into the next thing that you're doing. Even if you try not to, to bring it with you, when your nervous system is elevated, it shows up in all of the things that come your way. Absolutely. And would you say that like these practices I see like with in my coaching with a lot of my clients, burnout tends to be a very real thing that so many entrepreneurs deal with. 
And what would you say are some of the practices that if you're listening to this and you're experiencing burnout or you're on a track of headed in that direction, like what would you say are maybe some red flags to pay attention to if you're starting to see some things, maybe you could be headed down that burnout road. And then what are some practices that we can integrate to alleviate burnout or get out of it? So let's start with recognizing the symptoms before burnout occurs. One thing that you just mentioned was that exhaustion at the end of the day. Like you feel great, you're doing your work, you're confident, you're in your element, but then there's this crash, right? Like you're exhausted and you don't have the energy or the joy to do anything else. So that's that's a huge sign that if only part of your day is feeding you in a way that feels supportive and healthy, and the other part of the day you're exhausted and just want to curl up and do nothing, that's a big warning sign. Another warning sign is frequent illness. If you're getting sick a lot, it's because your immune system is wearing down from your nervous system being all, all guns go all of the time. That depletes your immune system. Another one would be you're not able to sleep or fall asleep. You're not sleeping well at night. You're very restless. You have that constant chatter in your brain. So now your brain is telling you it doesn't really know how to quiet down and calm down and rest. Our bodies need rest and our bodies need to work. So most of us are really good at the working part. Most of us aren't as good at the resting part, but we can teach ourselves to rest just like we can teach ourselves to work hard. So what we can do, number one, is set boundaries. Like you just um, articulated, you're going to move all of your sessions to 50 minutes. That is huge. And I want to acknowledge you for being that thoughtful to say, okay, if I have 60 minutes, I'm going to give 10 minutes of that time to me to regroup and reset and do the things that I need to do to do the best job and present the best version of myself. So setting boundaries is number one. Number two is to find things that do bring you to that place of feeling nurtured and peaceful and calm. And it's different things for different people. Sometimes people prefer movement, getting outside for a walk. When the weather is nice, just even walking barefoot in the grass is very grounding and it invokes lower energy levels that actually help to nourish your body. Watching the sunrise and the sunset, there's infrared light at those times of day, and infrared light is very healing for the body. Journaling can be helpful, but for some people, especially entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, they think of journaling as another thing they need to tackle and do. (laughs) And they're going to be really good at it, and they're going to do it for this many minutes. And so that also causes a little bit of stress. But if you... Find that your creative process really flows through journaling. Journaling can be a great tool. I make a cup of afternoon tea, and every time I do a podcast, I make a cup of tea right before just to know, okay, I'm moving into this place of sharing, speaking, and I'm just going to be here and be present for it. So find the things that evoke that sense of peace and calm within your body. Oh, I love this so much. You know, one of the things I do and you guys are listening, you're going to maybe these are a little bit non-traditional. I have a horse and whenever I'm out at the barn and even if like yesterday the wind, it's I'm in upstate New York and it was just cold 
cold and I I'm not a, a very cold weather person. And so it was just cold, but I still, I went out to the barn because I'm getting out in nature. So I'm outside, even if it was cold, but there's something about that connection with my horse. And I know for those of you who have pets, you may, it may, for my sister, I know it's her dogs. For me, it's my, I actually have two horses, but when I'm out there at the barn and I'm with the horse and if we ride and we, 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 even if it's just grooming or yesterday, it was just giving him treats and I'm required to slow down and I get connected and I get grounded. And my 13 year old daughter really summed it up one day we were leaving the barn and she said, mom, what is it about the barn that makes everything else in life just be okay? Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's it. That's it. So, you know, maybe you have some of these things. My husband rides a motorcycle and so we will go out on the motorcycle. Again, I'm out in nature. I'm just on the back of the bike. I'm sitting there. I don't have anything to do. I just get to literally watch the scenery go by. We have four wheelers. We go out, we, t- we go camping with the four wheelers. So again, we're out in nature. So I know some people may not equate like being out on a four wheeler as like a Zen practice, but you know, I love these things. And so I want to encourage everybody, if you're listening, find the things that you love that for you is like your self-care. So if it's a spa, great. If it's being out on a motorcycle, great. But find those things that really align with you and bring you joy and, and help you to feel more connected and cared for. So Jen, I really, I want to touch on that because what you've just described is a ritual. And so it's not unconventional at all. And rituals look different for each person. So the ritual of you walking to the barn, doing the things for your horse, it's not like, I'm going to walk to the barn, I'm going to get out the brush, I'm going to do, like, you're not organizing it, you're just in the ritual of being able to immerse yourself in it, so your brain can be with you in that moment, and it can be with the brushing of the horse, and that sense of mindfulness comes into play when we're doing things that are familiar and that feel good. So if your husband loves to ride motorcycles, I'm sure there's a lot of care that goes into prepping the motorcycle, keeping it in good working condition. There's a feeling that he gets from the handlebars when he revs the motor in a certain way. All of these things are speaking to his body and his brain and his nervous system as joy, fun, relaxation, rest. And, And that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for trying to do a ton of research to figure out if I do these five things every day because this person said it works for them, I'm going to feel peaceful and calm and joyful. Like it doesn't work like that. So you're actually doing what you need to do for you with that ritual of taking care of your horse and going to the barn where the world is just a better place, like your daughter said. Yeah, it just slows down. And the interesting thing is whenever I have a big problem or something I'm trying to solve, I will literally just set it aside and I'll go to the barn. Like it's literally a strategy that I use because it's about a 20 minute drive to get there. So my mind is quiet. I listen to fun music. I'm at the barn. I'm not thinking about anything, but almost every single time I'll get the inspiration. I'll get the solution. And it's, I think it's just, you know, our minds are at rest. We're at peace. We're quiet. We're calm. We can like receive this information. So it's, it's even the self-care peace, I think is really important, but it also opens me up to just that higher mind, being able to receive information, see things in a different perspective. And I'm pretty sure going out to the barn is when I was like, oh, wait a second, 
I just need to make my coaching calls 50 minutes instead of 60. And if I did that, oh, look at all these other things that it would open up. But when you're just always in that day to day and you don't give yourself that time to just really relax, I, I think you kind of actually are doing yourself a disservice because you don't open yourself up to some of that other inspiration that will come when we're in a, a more relaxed state. Yeah, our brain waves when we're in the place of working are elevated. They're moving so fast. And in that place, we're great with logic. We're great with making um, critical decisions. We're great with thinking and organizing. It's when we move into those lower brain waves where our body is inspired by creativity and that we can really tune into our internal intuition and wisdom that's there for us no matter what. But it's kind of like playing a radio station. If that static gets so loud, you can't even hear what's happening on the radio. You can't hear the music. So if your brain waves are overactive all of the time, you're not going to be able to tap into those resources that are there for you. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, you know, even though I know how good the barn is for me, I will still like talk myself out of it or make excuses mm -hmm. or reasons of like, oh, I can't go to the barn right now. I've got to, you know, take care of this, whatever. And so do you have any strategies on almost like decluttering our thoughts a little bit to just like these thoughts that pop up that keep us from doing these things that we want to do? Any strategies there to just like help us kind of declutter that, that space so that these thoughts don't undermine us? First intention, I'm setting an intention to know that in order to be the best version of you, you need to give yourself permission for these other things. Only scheduling the things that you see as work or as profitable or as getting you towards your goals is still going to leave a deficit because you don't have the creativity and the intuition and the thoughtfulness placed behind those um, productivity goals. So when you can take a step back and give yourself permission to relax, to rest, to pause, then you're going to move forward in a more meaningful way. A little bit of what you just described is mindset, that negative self-talk that comes to all of us. And I was almost going to ask you earlier when you talked about the time that you spent to the bar. And I was going to ask, do you ever feel guilty for taking that time? <laughs> and what you told me just now that you're trying to talk yourself out of it when that intuition sign, you know, shows up for you, tells me that there is a little bit of guilt there. So setting healthy boundaries of not only making time for the things that seem like they're productive, but also to fuel that productivity within yourself. And so giving yourself permission to fuel your own productivity by doing the things that bring you into that place of rest and calm and peace will get you there. Wow, I love that. And it's so interesting because once I like get in the truck and start driving to the barn, I never feel guilty. Never. I know it's always time well spent. I'm always so happy I did it. The guilt comes at the beginning of like looking at the schedule and going, should I use this hour and a half to move a project forward in the business or should I take this hour and a half and go to the barn? And many of you may experience this as well. It's always kind of like that initial when I'm, you know, planning the day, that's where it kind of pops up. But I can absolutely say once I get started, never feel guilty. And then it's like, oh, you got to do this more often because it's yeah. always just like so, so good. 
I would even encourage you to maybe look at your week or your month, however, however it is that you do your planning and organizing and put that in as an appointment to yourself, however many times, you know, maybe you want to do it once a week, maybe you want to do it once a month. I don't know how often you go, but once it's part of your flow, mm-hmm. there's not going to be guilt. It's like, oh, it's time to go to the barn. And this is my 90 minutes that I've scheduled for it. And then that also makes you hold yourself accountable for the rest of the time, right? So you'll be more productive in organizing that time if you're carving out that 90 minutes for your self-care practice each week or twice a week or however often you choose. That brings up such a great point because you know what I used to do is I used to try to schedule the barn time in the middle of my week when I'm really, it took me some time to realize this, that like in the middle of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm in the flow with the business and clients and helping each other. And so to break that flow and then to try to fit in the barn, which I think was a lot of the like, oh, I'm right in the middle of this. I actually don't want to go over here and do that. And so having some awareness of like my natural flow of how I go through the week, whereas on Friday afternoon, I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, I don't want to work anymore. I want to go see my horse, you know, Saturday, Sundays, and even like a Monday morning, I'm not quite yet back into that super duper workflow. And so I stopped trying to schedule some of these things during that time when I was just my natural, normal work rhythms are, are in high gear and I want to let them be in high gear. Now, a 50-minute coaching call where I'm taking a little Zen break in between calls, that to me feels really, really nice. But not, not taking you know, two hours to go to the barn, that to me almost feels like I'm, in, I'm bringing more stress in when I'm trying to do it at the wrong time. So I would really encourage you guys who are listening to like look at those natural rhythms of how you work and where does that downtime kind of fit so that it will have the desired effect of being a stress reliever and not bringing more stress in. If you're listening to this and you're going, oh, well, now I have to schedule all this, you know, no, (laughs) no, but bringing it in like when the flow feels right. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, oh no, it's another thing that I have to schedule because that does come up for many people. One thing that I tell people is to be less ambitious in setting their numbers. So if you were only going to the barn, for example, once a month right now, Jen, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the barn twice a week, I would be like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. Like that's putting way too much pressure on yourself. And if you put all of that on your calendar, you're just going to feel anxious and overwhelmed and not joyful. Like I get to go to the barn. But if you were telling me, I go to the barn once every week, I would say, well, just let's skip that on your calendar now as a regular routine and practice that you get used to. And then once you get used to it and you feel like, hey, I do have more time, I could add one more day. So I'm doing five days a month instead of four days a month. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of play in this process and it really is trial and error. It's like trying clothes on in a dressing room, I say you're not going to buy every single thing that you put on your body because not all of it works or fits or feels good. Self-care is the same thing. Yeah, I agree completely. 
All right. So before we started the show, you asked me a question because right now I have a challenge going on. Many of you may have heard of uh, the 90 day breakthrough challenge, AKA the get my shit together challenge because of the number of times that I've said to myself, Oh, if I could just get it together, right. I could do so many other things. And I hear my clients say this all the time. They'll come to a call and they'll just be beating themselves up like, ah, I did good. But if I could just really get it together, I could do these other things. And so the 90 day breakthrough challenge is really all about changing the way we show up, changing the way we work, developing those daily habits that we need so that we can truly have our work-life balance, we can have a successful business, but we don't give up our soul and sanity in the process. And so I would love for you to ask me, you said you had a question about the challenge. What was your question about the challenge? So what I'm working on personally right now, because I am so good at being in the place of nurturing and what feels good, and that includes taking care of my home. So I'm one of those strange people that loves to do chores. Like I can fold the laundry and because it is routine and ritual, it feeds my creativity. So I can be folding the laundry and thinking about a blog that I'm going to write. I can be making the bed. So I'll do all of these things. And then realize, oh, my work hours, (laughs) I had the intention to do all of these things, you know, in my planner today. And I've just Uh been in my creative process of rituals (laughs) and I have lots Uh of creativity and ideas, but I haven't actually executed any of my action items. And then I get mad at myself and I get resentful, like, well, if my husband had just, well, he's not my husband, he's my boyfriend, we live together, another story for another time. But if he had just cleaned the dishes, and I wouldn't have cleaned the dishes. And I just realized this morning, like I'm choosing to do the things that are easier and more natural and more comfortable for me than to sit down and really work my business. So ideas for someone who is more creative, like I am, like, even just to sit in a chair for an hour, I set a timer so that I stay in my chair to do work because I'm a Pilates yoga teacher. I move my body all of the time. Sitting is like being in a straight jacket sometimes. So any tips and tools you have for someone that has my personality where we just need that discipline of holding ourselves accountable to our action items each day. Oh, I love this so much because that's my zone. That's where I'm like, oh, yeah, I can be in that zone all day long. And it's such a beautiful thing because you have the most beautiful habits around nurturing, self-care, creating this like your your business is peaceful living. Like I can feel that just coming off of you. And it's so, so beautiful. But when we talk about like our habits of working on our business, sometimes it's really easy of actually being in the habit of not working on the business, being in the habit of distracting ourselves with these other things or losing track of time. And so really it kind of does come down to the beautiful job that you've done nurturing the habits of self-care. Now what we've got to do like a little sprout, we have to like water that little sprout and, and, and start to now nurture habits of growing our business. And so if you've got a goal and guys, this goes for anybody listening, you've got a goal in your business that you want to achieve. And whatever that goal might be, you might you want to increase your revenues, or you want to get some new clients, or maybe you want to increase your profitability, or you want to grow your following on social media, or you want to grow your email list, or whatever 
it is, right? All these things that we're doing in our businesses. When you get really clear on what that goal is, I am going to encourage you that you work to develop a habit of one hour a day of working on the business. And here's the thing. When we sit down and we do that, quote, hard thing, and for some of us, like the idea of I need to work on my social or I need to write a blog or those kinds of things, it can feel very, very hard. But when we go through that hard stuff and we actually accomplish it, that's where the success, the fulfillment, that confidence, like all those good, positive, yummy emotions will come from going through and doing that, quote, harder work. And we'll even like drive ourselves crazy talking ourselves out of doing these things. But at the end of the day, we, we feel very like we didn't really get accomplished because we know in our hearts, our businesses are off, often, you know, an evolution of ourselves. And we know in our hearts, we have a message, we have work that we want to do in the world. And so we need to work on the business so that we can get that message out to a wider audience. So what I always encourage people to do is I... In my planner, we use um, the ABCs of productivity and an A task is the A of the ABCs. And the A task is a task that moves that vision, moves that goal forward. And often it will be something that we want to procrastinate. We want to put off till later. We want to distract ourselves with. So like if you if you know you need to work on your marketing and, and you need to write a blog and you're just like, here's the 12 reasons of why I can't write a blog right now. But you know in your heart, if you just write the blog, it's what you need to be doing. Or cash flow's tight. So you need to make some collection calls and you don't want to do it. You're going to procrastinate it. But cash flow's tight. If you just make the collection calls, that's going to actually help solve the cash flow, cash flow problem. So that's the A task. It will move the vision forward, but it's often uncomfortable or we don't want to do it or it's hard or whatever. So I always start with having people just literally start with, 15 minutes. I'm going to set the timer. And Roberta, you already set the timer, which is great. So lower the bar even further. So it's less painful and just be like, all right, I have this business goal. I'm going to set my timer today for 15 minutes and I'm going to sit down. I'm going to work on it for 15 minutes and then I'm going to reward myself. And then you can always come back and you can say, all right, I'm going to do another 15 minutes on something else or continuing on that project. And you can kind of gradually just increase that time as you start feeling like, oh, you know what, today I could do 20 minutes. And, and you know, three weeks from now, it might be, I can bump this up to 30 minutes and make it kind of like a beautiful thing. But again, it's about consistency. It's about showing up every day, being consistent, 15 minutes on my A task for that day. Let me get it knocked off my plate. And then at the end of the day, you go to bed and you're like, you know what? Okay, great. I didn't get it all done. That's fine. But at least I got something done and I moved that needle. And then you slowly start to literally reprogram your mindset of just sort of being in that zone. And I always like to say, do your A task when your brain is like, that's the time for your brain. I'm a morning person. I want my A task knocked out first thing with my best brain power. I, I don't even work out first thing in the morning because my best brain power, I want to put that on my business. And then I'll go work out when I'm a little tired or fuzzy and I'm just like, whatever, I can, I can lift weights and, and not be completely in the zone. But if you're a night person, if the middle of the day, like whatever that is, whatever that time is for you, that's like your zone, like you're in the zone, try to schedule that time on your business when you're really in that zone. And that'll also help kind of get those gears turning. Does that help at all, Roberta? It does. And I feel like I've been fine tuning this because I have done what you described earlier in figuring out where my workflow occurs best. 
So I have teaching days now, and then I have days set aside for more content creation, writing, sharing, um, that type of work. I don't, I don't ever have the thought that comes up like, oh, I don't want to do that, except for when, when I think of something as being sales, like I need to sign somebody up. So I've tried to reshift my mindset to building relationships, making connections. I'm going to connect with this many people this week. I'm going to have this many conversations this week because one of my goals is to have 75 members in Peaceful Living Community by the end of March. And right now I have Mm -hmm. 53. So at the beginning of last week, I didn't even know how many members I had. I just knew I had members um, and I was teaching and serving them. So becoming more clear on what do I have, where do I need to go? And then if I had the mindset of, okay, now I have to find 23 people to sign up, that caused a lot of stress and overwhelm. And it kind of killed my spirit because I don't do what I do because I want to sell somebody on something. I do what I do because I get so much joy from watching a person make transformations in their life that allow them to do all of the things that they want to do. Like that brings me so much joy. So that mindset shift has been helpful, but I'm seeing now just by listening to what you said that I probably have too much white space on my calendar (laughs) because if I'm not teaching or being up on a podcast or having a conversation with someone, I haven't blocked out what I'm going to do during that white space for my business. So maybe that will be my challenge to myself this week. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's so wonderful. I love it. You know, guys, and I hope everybody who's listening is kind of getting the sense of the balance here where I'm like, you know what? I need to bring in a little more white space into my calendar to have better balance. And I hear Roberta say, I need to actually shrink my white space just a little bit to have balance between the business and find wherever you're at in this. There's absolutely no judgment. I love that we're just having a open, honest conversation, two women helping each other. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So find where you are, whether you need a little more or a little less of that white space in your day to day, so that really it is about operating in our fullest and highest and best potential so that we can go out in the world and help all the people that we are meant to help. One of the questions I will ask myself when I sit down is like, all right, If I only have one hour today to get for you my membership to 75, what am I going to do with that hour? And that's always my heart just started racing a little bit. My clients who are working on like, okay, I need they need to get to their first six figures or they're trying to get to their first seven figures. And I'm like, all right, you only have one hour a day to get to that next level, whatever that level is for you, what are you going to do with that hour? And it really helps the brain to kind of hone in on those tasks that we we need to do that are the most important and kind of filter out all the other stuff that comes up that we could be spending our time on. It's just a great way to kind of get down to that nitty gritty of where do I need to put that hour towards today to have that impact or get to that next level I'm trying to get to in my business. Yeah. And I think it's good that I just had like a little heart racing because it showed me like the intention and the energy that needs to go into that hour 
to make possible what I want to be possible. And I think anytime we set goals for ourselves, whether it's for our business or for self-care, it should feel scary. It should feel like, how am I going to do that? Because then you need to really put intention into the steps that you're choosing to make that time count. Absolutely. And I always, whenever I coach coaches, I always say, focus on the result, the impact, the person that you're helping. Because like you, seeing somebody get a result, like that for me is the ultimate. When they have that aha, they have that breakthrough, they hit the goal. I just love that. And it never drains my energy. When I sometimes start making it about the money, the money will actually drain my energy because it's not about the money. The money becomes a byproduct of the value that we provide and the help that we give our clients and the the breakthroughs that we help them get through. So I always just kind of shift back to how many people can I help? How many breakthroughs can I get today? How many ahas can I get today? And it's just like, oh. and then the money almost becomes like a byproduct of that. Yeah. Yeah. How many people can feel peace and calm today? Like. I want everybody to feel that. (laughs) I know. Me too. Me too. Roberta, I could literally talk to you all day, but I'm looking at the clock going, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to get like bombed by the next guest coming in for their, for their show today. So really, really quickly, will you just share with everybody where they can find you if they want more information about you and the amazing services that you offer? Yes. So my website is peacefulliving.com. Full has two L's. So it's three L's all in a row think of three separate words. And on my website, you can do a 30-day free trial of all of the services. I have a live stream library or live stream classes and an on-demand library. And the on-demand library, we have more than 150 videos that are in Pilates mat, yin yoga, gentle yoga, zen breaks, and guided meditations. When you join the community in that first 30 days, you get a self-care success call with me. And we do kind of what you and I just did, Jen. We talk about what your life looks like, where you can find some white space. I actually choose the videos that are going to populate into the routine of your day so that you don't feel like you have to carve out big pockets of time for your self-care. And then my live stream classes, 80% of my members take the live stream classes through the on-demand library because their schedules don't allow them to show up live. But if you ever show up live, you get an extra treat because you can tell me how your body's feeling that day. And I usually teach the class based on the people who show up and need a little bit more support in their day. Um, I have a blog and I have lots of podcast episodes that people can listen to because people like you have me as guests, which I'm thrilled about. And in February, I don't know when this will air, but February 1st through the 28th, this is my third year offering the Love Yourself Promise, 28 days devoted to self-care and self-love. And I have some wonderful presenters that are joining me this year. And in addition, you get your Pilates yoga and meditation classes with that. So I have a lot going on. You do. That's so wonderful. So wonderful. So you guys, we will definitely put Roberta's information in the show notes. Definitely. If you need to bring a little more peaceful living into your day to day, she's the one to check out. I know you can tell just from listening, you have such a beautiful energy and a presence about you. And so you guys definitely go check out Roberta. Her information will be in the show notes. And thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. 
Thank you, Jen. And can I add just very fast, um, they can follow me on Instagram. I'm Roberta underscore peaceful living. I'm trying to grow my followers. So I'm like, that's one thing I can do in this very last minute (laughs) is invite people to follow follow me. I'm going to go follow you right now. That's so awesome. All right, you guys, thank you. Yes, you're welcome. And thank you for being here. You guys, thank you for listening. I hope you take something from today and actually put it into action. We had so many amazing things that came out of the show today. And that's it. Get out there and be happy productive. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. The She Leads Podcast Network.